1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for this coffee. Good morning. Good morning. morning. It's great to stay up
2: late. Good morning. Good
1: Good morning morning. to
2: you and you and you and you. What is that? Singing in the Rain. Debbie Reynolds. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. The Queen. I've never seen it. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Okay, well, in five years from now, when we both have a free day to hang out and watch a movie (laughs) together, let's watch that. Man, there's, I mean, the gaps in my classics.
1: Um, yeah knowledge film watching yeah This
2: is actually why I'm going on a TV hiatus because I stopped catching up on the classics that I haven't
1: seen was that were you in a habit of that like a, a good pattern yeah of classic like watching? when
2: I, I kind of all throughout my life my mom was good and we watched a lot of Turner together and stuff and then when I went to film school the shit got real and I started really watching it as a student and then when I moved to LA <laughs> it just became all about that TV and just plus binging started, and so it was just TV all the time. Right. And there are fewer and fewer movies in the theaters that I feel like seeing these days. Not a big superhero tentpole person. Tentpole uh, or ten, dent- tent tentpole like tentpole De- film Deadpool? tentpole. <laughs> Pop tent. <laughs> no, I know what I'm saying. What's Deadpool like uh like a franchise movie? Like uh, like this is going to be the first of a million Marvel movies huh. kind of thing.
1: I yeah, learn something new. Wow, <laughs> that's our phrase of the day. Thanks.
2: Yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, right. Deadpool is also one as, of those. as a tenpole movie. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but I need to start like going back and watching the Criterion Collection films.
1: So when you do that, are you like is, the, is your mindset like this is like edifying and 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 like as opposed to like this is a night of enjoyment and pleasure
2: yeah so I realize looking back that really good films feed me more creatively than good television in a tangible way that then comes back out of me in the stuff that I'm creating cool good TV I think it's great and it's good for my mind and I enjoy it but I don't regurgitate it in a inspiring way Why the way think- that
1: good films do I mean, and I, I mean, I love this topic. It could go on forever. (laughs) Do you think that that's because, I mean, do you think that that's changing in the filmmaking of TV and like that, that could, like TV could inspire you? I don't know.
2: There's still, I don't know what it is. This is a very recent revelation for me. Hmm. So that's a great question. Yeah. Because I feel
1: we could go on about certain things. Ad nauseum, you know, but I mean, Everything. of course, like right. And I guess maybe your point is that the newer films, it's maybe harder to find those things to latch on to and be inspired by. Yeah. In a way, I mean, that's certainly there. It's just yeah, yeah. There's, you have to sort of read out. I just,
2: I don't know. I, I still think watching TV in general is just more of a an escape kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, it just feels good, and I like being lost for a few hours, but. Seeing a good movie, like, I watched a French film this week that was directed by Melanie Laurent, and it was a hard movie, you know? It's not a movie that you're ever in the mood to watch. It was, like, really intense. It's about a female friendship in high school that goes really wrong, and it gets pretty fucked up. But at the end, even though I was horrified and I was, like, gasping, I felt so turned on creatively by that you know it like mm-hmm. really made me feel mm-hmm. something that made me then want to like the next day write something really good and tv rarely has that effect totally, on me even when yes. i love it it's i don't know it's That's not that same awesome. sucker punch
1: right i mean i guess it's partially about the condensed nature of it and probably every shot every sh- i mean in a good film every, every shot, shot counts it is is counts but that, the way that you just described it reminds me so much of a musician practicing because it's not necessarily the fun part or what you want to be doing, yeah. but it's it's the goods and it gets you there. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much it's what leads to inspiration. Like, I don't think you, you have a really good practice session and then say, ah, I like, can't wait to go write. Mm-hmm. I guess that comes from, you know. It's not always that conscious. Right, but, but watching a movie that that's, that's, as hard as that, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh this is fun. It's, it's work. And then you yeah. feel, right, things from it. And that's, that's yeah. really cool.
2: And I think that's a practice that we're used to when we're kids and you're forced to read books that are challenging mm-hmm. and, and, Study things that are challenging and you don't always love it, but at the end, you get why that was worth something and yeah. it's made you grow and it's made you become something you weren't before. Yeah, then you're an adult and you're tired and life is wearing you out, and you right. just want to fucking relax, right? So, like, you do that, you have to do it yourself, and you have to say, No more Netflix or Amazon this yeah. month, I'm just gonna
1: watch old movies, watch Criterion movies. Well, yeah, that's I don't know, so we'll see, we'll good. see how long this lasts, but that's fine. <laughs> Did you like, I mean. I feel like a lot of filmmakers or people into this, like it's like you make a a routine of it. Like it's like once a week I'm gonna do this or X amount of films. And there is no great
2: filmmaker that I admire who is not a serious student of filmmaking. They just go hand in hand. Mm. You have to know what came before and you have to. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm trying to do that with document. Well I was in a really good pattern of watching a lot of documentaries. Yeah, you have a lot of references. Yeah. Like ready to go. Yeah, I try to keep notes on stuff. Yeah. But it, a lot of times it's like, I don't really want to watch this. I like documentaries, but I like escapism, too, you know. I never watch
2: documentaries. <laughs> it's a problem. It's it's a problem for me. Um, yeah. And now that I'm starting to write a mockumentary, I have to start uh, watching, watching mockumentaries? mockumentaries. Yeah. Like a Spinal fine. Tap is on tap this weekend. Good one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good one. Important <laughs> reference. I've seen pieces of it. Okay. I haven't even seen the whole thing I've seen pieces of it Yeah And I feel like It's the classic Yeah it's totally the classic And I mean I should definitely finish it at some point But there's a way in which And tell me I mean it's probably different with the, with serious films But like that I sort of get it With documentary There's like something that I want to hmm. Sort of understand about the filmmaking Yeah And then I'm like okay I like understand the filmmaking here And what they're doing And I don't really need to finish it but It's probably different with narrative Yeah, it's not like a. You need to sort of see it through, and that's probably true with documentary. I'm just being lazy. Yeah,
2: no, or like those aren't good ones if you are even having that thought.
1: Well, I sometimes turn on things like topics that I'm not terribly interested in, but I want to just see how it's sort of handled. Right. Oh,
2: interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the student in
2: you too. Yeah, You're, you're watching the process of it more than the subject. Definitely because you are a documentarian also. Right. So trying to
1: figure out structure and how they've like approached something that you You don't necessarily need to see
2: the end of that story. Right. You just see how they're capturing it and then you make a note of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you had your camera turned on our guest today, Sarah Versprell of Pure Bathing Culture.
1: The best. She was awesome. She was so awesome. We had an incredible conversation.
2: Yeah. We had (laughs) no preconceived notion of what she was like before she walked in. Um, and the second she walked in the warmest, loveliest. Yeah. Most it was open, like, amazing. oh, you're one of us. Mm-hmm. Let's just chill. You and I were being like kind of weirdly contentious at the beginning. I, which no, that was weird. she got a I'm really sorry. big kick out of. No, <laughs> yeah. it was me.
1: <laughs> no, I I don't know. I said something weird. Yeah. But um yeah, it was like instant. I think we would like to have her on as a co host one time. Totally. That would be amazing. She'd be great. She'd be that would be awesome. Um and like
2: Yeah uh my grandfather can't tell the difference between your voice and my voice so yeah. i feel like if we added a third person some people would have no idea we would anyway. just meld into just one another super cool soul sister exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. like a superhero right like that or like a transformer um Yeah, so she was great, and uh, her partner in life and in music, Dan, was also here. Mm -hmm. And he um, sat quietly in the control room during our conversation, but then came out and played two beautiful songs with her. Mm -hmm. And they were amazing. And then we went to their show at Irving Plaza.
1: They're incredible. So good. So
2: good. We were in the photo pit. So we saw them super up close and personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were so close that she couldn't even see us. She said, <laughs> she was like, I was looking for you. We were like, we were like, like being spit nose. on by you. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then welcomed us back. And, I yeah, mean, into the green room. Right. Just so, so, so lovely. Wonderful night. Wonderful yeah. group. Yeah. So
2: I think you guys will enjoy this conversation because it's very honest and that's all you ever hope for.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Let's get to it with Sarah
1: here we are here we are we did it on this rainy day Uh uh-huh super rainy but not as rainy as portland misty i would say misty no it's rainy
3: it's actually i was saying (laughs) please decide um, this for us (laughs) okay first of all
2: (laughs) let's fight about literally everything we talk about (laughs) (laughs) today we have a moderator great (laughs) start yeah Yeah. it's
3: actually pretty like portland's rain pretty much like portland's rain because portland it just rains for like eight months yeah And then but it's like misting. It never really like pours rain. Yeah. So just
2: constantly that? Yeah, you don't need never
3: a release. You don't really need an umbrella, but you also like might get really depressed. Yeah. Right. So Hmm. but you can get really like you can we have like You can have to wear a rain jacket with a hood and you just wear that around. It's actually. Sounds kind of nice It's like nice weather to
1: stay inside. Yeah, it's great.
3: Especially compared to New York where you have like a gnarly winter with snow. Yeah. But it really is like, like it only gets down to like 40 degrees and it's raining all winter. And to me, that's just not that bad. No. Yeah. And then it's sunny all summer. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
2: See, the worst is, like, in L.A. when it's sunny all the time, and then you just feel like an asshole every time you don't go outside. Yeah, you're like, You can't have a day off. So, like, I'm a piece of shit. Why am I on my couch when it's 80 and sunny? And that's literally every day. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah. (laughs) It makes doing work sound really hard. Yes. Yeah. Also that. Yeah. Now, you, like, go to work outside at a cafe, but I don't know. There's something about trying to work outside. I can't do it. The writing doesn't come as easily...
3: You can't see the computer screen. Yeah, Yeah. yes. That's a
2: big problem. Yeah.
3: No. Totally.
1: Stupid. Not productive. Not (laughs) productive. No. You you guys in Portland. It's good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. You can see
3: your screen. You're inside. You're inside. You have no reason
2: to go out. It's great. Yeah. 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 It's true. So, is that the key to your productivity as a band? (laughs) Kind of. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Um, Well, we moved to Portland from New York like five years ago, and we really we kind of moved there to do the band because we had just started writing like a few songs together. We lived in Brooklyn and Greenpoint and um, we were always on tour with another band. We played in the band Vetiver for two record cycles and um, we were never in New York, never home. And the opportunity came up to move. My cousin lives in Portland and we also had these few songs and our friend Richard Swift, who recorded our first two records, lives in Cottage Grove, Oregon, which is like right south of Eugene uh-huh. um, and he was like come out and record and we were like okay and we were kind of looking at plane tickets and then our lease was coming up and then we were like I guess we should just move to oh the man, west coast like
1: awesome. why not you <laughs> yeah.
3: know um, so Portland has really been it's been an amazing yeah. spot for us to kind of incubate and be really hermity and we have a a great space in our house in our attic where we can work and oh make music God. and our band rehearses there so it's kind of, it's Sounds like pretty a dream. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah.
2: But yeah. then when you come back to New York, do you have any feelings of, oh, I miss New York?
3: So many feelings. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all the feelings. Uh-huh. It's
2: intense. It's crazy. I feel, I'm so nostalgic
3: for it here. Yeah. And, and we talk about it all the time. Like in, on the way over here, Dan's like, I think I could live here again. I'm like, oh. I know, right? Like we should, you know, but I don't know.
1: Well, it's, that makes sense. You know, I spent a little time there. I spent a little time here and. I know. You know. You need a break from each it sounds. It's true because New York Is that amazing. a thing though, going from New York to, to Portland? Portland? Right. Yeah, I mean I other know. cities. Yeah. Other cities it is a thing, but not necessarily even keeping a place, but just like living there for a while, yeah, living yeah. here.
2: I mean I it's not know. an
1: easy commute. Yeah, no. That's no, for sure. Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I mean, the weather is maybe similar, not, it's not like going from New York to LA where you're escaping one drastic thing right. Right. to yep. another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep.
3: You're not at the beach. No. But, right. No, you're not. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I don't know,
2: maybe you should try it out. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. Maybe that maybe I mean, that's the key.
3: I love New York. I'm so it's it's was a wonderful city for me to live in for years. It really yeah. like took me in in this way that was Brooklyn specifically? Well, I lived in Brooklyn always, uh-huh. um, but then I worked in Manhattan. Like my first jobs were in Midtown. Like doing what? Yeah. I worked. Do you tell. Okay. <laughs> um, the first job I had when I got out of college was I was the assistant to the director of marketing for a Broadway production company.
2: Yeah, is that cool? Yeah, it
3: was really crazy because I just got the job. I was like desperate for a job. I had no money. I was like sitting around all summer and like no one would hire me, and it was really bad and. Uh-huh. Um, my roommate and I would just like sit around and put our feet in ice buckets cause it was so hot. That's like what I remember about that summer until I got a job It's cause I had just eating ice cream and like icing. It was super weird anyway. Um, but we, but then my, another mutual friend was like, I have this, I know this person that's the office manager. So I was only supposed to do a temp job for uh-huh. like two weeks, but then, um, my boss there was like a little gnarly and she had trouble like keeping assistants. But for some reason she liked me. Okay. And So after two weeks, she just hired me as her assistant. So it was just like 21 and she was like, do you want to work for me? Like salary. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I just went to jazz school. Like, why am I doing Broadway? Yeah. It was super crazy. Yeah. It was really (laughs) weird, but it was, I learned a lot. I learned about a lot about like, like the how the hierarchy works there and like how people are really intense and that
2: shit at the time feels like you're totally selling out and what is my life and oh my god but then later you find that it's the most useful thing in the world I
1: learned so much yeah Yeah. just marketing in general
2: yeah well yeah I mean because I had to do some marketing and PR stuff that was like my first years out of college and I eventually ran away from that because it wasn't at all what I wanted to do. But now I'm so glad that I have that background because people who don't, you know, they have to depend on other people to tell them how to do that yeah, stuff. And totally. Yeah, totally. It's good to have it in your back pocket.
3: Yeah, it's it's really interesting, especially something on that level, which is just a yeah. huge deal. Like,
1: yeah. Was there social media at that time? No, not, not really. really. Yeah. It so was, it was all like
3: print ads. Yeah. Oh, boy. So different. Yeah. What, which what year or years? 2003. Okay. 2004. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Where were you in school? William Patterson University okay. studying so jazz. New yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yep, yeah. New Jersey. And yeah. so
1: you had always had aspirations of being a musician. And then mm-hmm. after college you're like, okay, well now, yeah, I wanted I to be a jazz singer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That
3: was my, th- I was like, I'm going to be a jazz singer. My parents were like, okay.
1: <laughs> so like you grew-, <laughs> you grew up
3: doing, I loved jazz. Yeah. yeah, I did. I really did. I played trumpet. Um, like since I was from really young and yeah. piano and stuff. And then, um, so was it a I, jazz
2: family? where did No, you get that from? My
3: cousin who's older, who's a drummer who plays with lots of awesome bands in vetiver and he plays with Cass McCombs and, um, he was just a super into jazz. He was like five years older than me. And he showed me when I was in like, maybe like sixth grade, he showed me a Chet Baker record hmm. and I played trumpet. And then Chet Baker is also a singer and It just blew my mind. I was like, this is so amazing. And then, um, do you guys remember? Did you ever have like those um, BMG or like those CD, like order
2: things? Well, yeah. They came to my house all the time and I would fill them out, but my mom would not let me mail them in. Okay. My mom, I
3: don't know why, because she never let me do anything, Uh but she (laughs) let me order CDs from from like this jazz catalog. <laughs> I awesome. don't know why. Cause like she was super strict about everything. And yeah. like it was at the time I remember being like eight CDs. <laughs> and she was like, okay. I don't oh, know. Wow. It's super weird. But so I like amassed this like jazz CD collection I yeah. was like listening to like John Coltrane when I was in middle school Just it's like super <laughs> random I uh-huh. did not know anything about pop music at the time <laughs> um, but um did you see that Ethan Hawke movie no i heard
1: about it yeah. I want to see it yeah. I haven't seen
2: it yet. I'm interested I heard him do a long interview about it and he was yeah, talking too. about Chet Baker and how he wasn't that innovative you know he was just kind of palatable which is kind of what was so special about him, which I thought was interesting. That anyway, is,
3: yeah, but, it's true. I mean, in that in that idiom, he's definitely like especially of all the scope of jazz at that time, he's he was more like a pop, like more right, like pop right. singer and pop expressionist or whatever. Yeah. But, um, anyway,
2: yeah track.
1: Uh, so help me Uh. (laughs) (laughs) so and at the time so your mom was like totally down to buy you all the CDs and you were like a jazz nerd yeah but as far as singing were you like were you exploring that
3: at that time then I heard Ella Fitzgerald Uh. and I was like this is my jam and then I got tons of CDs and I would just sing along to like all those records like Sarah Vaughn Billie Holiday Mm -hmm. Ella Fitzgerald. And then later I was like, I got really into R&B and like my my mom had like a Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life. And I would listen to that all the time. So I mean, I really got into it by just singing along to recordings. Yeah. And then when I tried to get on stage and sing with the jazz band in high school, I was I had so much stage fright that I sounded terrible. (laughs) yeah It was awful. Did you grow up in Jersey? In Rochester, New York. okay okay Yeah. It was like I was like, yeah, I'm going to sing with the jazz band. Like I got up there. I was like. Uh, it was so terrifying. Oh. I had a horrible stage fright for so long. It was like one
2: performance.
3: Yeah, and it was like, and and like no one was helping me with the fact that I was freaking out. It was like I was like a freshman in high school. Oh man, I was like got That's to so sing with the jazz band. It was like my dream. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I was I feel just like, like usually
2: people don't sing with the jazz bands in school. Well, my, my band director,
3: he was really cool, and he like I had, he knew that I wanted to do it. And, uh-huh. But I had to sing this really bad song and my friends my boyfriend's mom at the time was like yeah you just you were really playing with your dress that's what she said And I was like oh, wow. Like so heartbreaking What was I the know. song do you It was remember? called um, It was from the musical Jekyll and Hyde And it was called I think it was called Someone, Someone Like You Don't you love oh that my God, show I yeah. do love that show okay. And I love that it's song a, it's a, It was in a really bad key for me it's and I not could a not, a not jazz-y song No I know At all i know. At <laughs> like that's crazy I was begging him I was like please Like not this song He's like no you're that's doing this super song super ballad Like Yeah Like a power like ballad Like emotional power ballad Like a 14 year old That's so weird Yeah I know it was terrible
1: <laughs> it's funny how that show comes up I know <laughs> On this, this is podcast. the second time we have talked about that really? show and that song It's really random no, that's amazing I love. Like um, that Yeah <laughs> But no, that's super nerve-wracking So did it set you off? Like did it put a bad p- taste in your mouth? Um, yeah, well kind of I always
3: just wanted to do it so bad And I loved singing so much And so I tried again the next year And we did like a we, I think it was a, a, um, God Bless the Child Like oh. Bil- Billy Holiday like, um, And that went much better But he also made me do Ain't No On High Enough which Ooh. was like, Dude,
2: okay, it's a range. Yeah, there was a talking to like, part. Way, come on, you, have to be you like, did the talking yeah. part. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. And I remember my mom being like, "You really made that talking part sound pretty reasonable." That's what she said. <laughs> what
1: about these that's things? What we from from our down songs I get your that's what we're talking about. What? No, like those things are so formative. Yeah, like when you're, trash, like, trash, oh, you're playing so with yeah. your dress, it's like, yeah. okay, never play with, never yeah. don't fidget with me. Don't sound reasonable. Don't sound reasonable, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, were you taking voice lessons in high school or a little bit yeah mm-hmm. for a more was it jazz focused yeah. or more opera or? it
3: was more the the woman that I took lessons with was like she was more like a Broadway kind of jazz singer there weren't like a lot of jazz singers in Rochester at the time but she was probably like the the closest thing to that she was really awesome she helped me out a lot and then went to jazz school and
2: so were you I, in musicals too? Like doing no, it? I was no? rejected
3: I was rejected from musicals. Really, which was also really horrible.
2: Yeah, yeah. goodness, I know you this had is, it. We're like You're reliving, like, like we're like yes, no, right. but I feel I was also rejected from musicals. You were all See? the time. Yeah. yeah, I was rejected but, too. But I took it to heart. Yeah,
1: the yeah, worst. but you guys,
2: you guys eventually got over it. I mean, I don't, I don't have the voice that you guys have. It wasn't ever going to be my path, but. But I still feel that very strongly. It's super rough. Yeah. Wow. It's so it's so hard. Yeah. You feel so bad. I feel like in today's culture, I'm surprised they even like cannot cast somebody. Like in it, play. like right. legally, like yeah. morally. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. you have to just be
1: up like, building. Find everybody. a role for
2: everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm sure rejection. there are some places that are right. like the courses are just like yeah. every kid in school. Yeah. yeah. Kids don't learn anything the hard way these days. No. Yeah.
3: No. No.
1: I know. What Dang kind of adults
2: is it going to produce? I'm really what's, curious. What are we heading into? I know. I and for know. so
1: many reasons, too. It's like, what?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I right. Know. I, mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a multitude of issues. Yeah. Mm.
1: Interesting. Well, wow. we'll have to
2: We've, listen back to this yeah. in yeah. 30 years,
1: <laughs> and then we'll know the answer. Um, what's Where's your family from? Your last name... Is interesting. Um, my Verspril. Verspril. Mm-hmm. It's a, a Dutch version of a
3: French name. So my dad's German and Dutch, but my mom's Italian and Greek. But oh. Verspril is um, like is French, but it's filtered through the Dutch.
2: Like the okay. spelling is different. The the, the, from spell- the original French. Yeah,
3: like think the original French like didn't have the e, or maybe just had one l, or uh-huh. R, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, my family, they're all like. You can trace that last name back in, back like to like the 1600s or something.
2: Yeah. How recently did your family come here? I mean, is that like way back? Yeah. Yeah. Um, They came here. They all came here like around the late
3: 1800s, early 1900s. Like, are you good on family history? Kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I'm pretty. Just the way that you
2: answer that alone, pretty quickly, is
3: better than most people can. I'm pretty interested in it. I recently got more interested in it, too, just like just tracing like my mom's family, like yeah. her grandmother and my grandmother, her grandmother, all the way. I found out where they lived in Italy and they lived in like this mm-hmm. little like mountain town. How did you trace it? I've looked. You can look, find this stuff online. It's kind of crazy. You but Did can, you have to pay somebody? No, I didn't. I just found like, I don't know how I I, I searched the last names, uh-huh. like the, the last names of my great grandmother. And then it comes up... The 1940 census just came up online. So you can see... What? (laughs) Yeah, you can see, like, my mom's... My grandma's family, like, where they lived in upstate New York, and their names and their ages and their professions, how much money they made.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You could find it. It, I think it's just that that 1940 census is just, like, public record.
1: Yeah. That's cool. 1940, like, that Mm -hmm. specific year, Mm -hmm. you're saying? Yeah. So
3: I imagine, like, any... You know, like they were going door to door, just like writing people's names down, which is also so insane.
2: But how do you go back further than that? Um, Then I searched. um,
3: I just found a website. I searched the last name, and then it it showed me like it showed me all the way back to like the early eighteen hundreds. Huh. And it was like this town they had come from. This one town, just by the name alone. The 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 name,
2: yeah.
1: But it'll be harder with cats, maybe. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. You know, lo- well, like, yeah. There's actually like a whole mystery in my family that I I need to hire like a private detective to figure out. Oh yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. No. It's <laughs> all right. Ready? Yes, okay. Yeah. Have I told you this? I don't know. When my dad's parents passed away, this was like ten ish years ago. Um, he was told by the rest of his family that he was adopted. <laughs>
0: Holy shit. Yeah. What?
2: Yes. Oh my God. That they, cause his whole fam- family's from Kentucky. My grandparents moved to uh, Denver-ish Colorado city uh, and had him and then eventually came back to the East coast and apparently someone in the family, like a great aunt or uncle went out there and uh, saw them and there was a woman who was living with them who was pregnant with my dad. <gasps> Wow. Yeah, it's like a whole scandal. Yeah, <gasps> oh, so that side of my family discovery? is like giant don't even question know. mark. Don't even know. Wild. Yeah, and my dad was like so devastated by his parents dying because they died really close to each other that he was all like, "My parents are the people who raised me, and I don't want to know." Mm-hmm. So he hasn't wanted to get into it, but I like I really want to know. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, there is like not a lot to go on from then. Do you like know in the her forties? Last... Nobody knows anything about her. Okay, who's still alive? Yeah, mystery. Total oh, mystery. Wow.
1: Anyway, so that's why I'm like I Talk that that'll f- never happen again. Right. mysteries like that. Too many records. That's crazy. Everything. Yeah. Like, um
2: yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, could you could secretly I guess you could. have a baby at home and <laughs> yeah, which I think is more, what happens. Just don't put it on Instagram. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> um, the other thing that I knew was there was like, I knew their home address from where they lived in upstate New York. And then, oh, okay, yeah. and then their last name, like their last names for Italian names, like weren't that common, uh-huh. I think was another reason why I could kind of go back, but right. you, but you should try because if you know,
2: but you don't know their her last name. No. It, like I'm really stumped. Yeah. So at this point I think I'd kind of just want to have one of those DNA tests to know what yeah. that side of the family is. But I, but I might never get names or, you know, the but Jewish dad, side of me is like, well, I need her medical records. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to know what diseases are yeah, in the family. Totally. Yeah. 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 My dad's not Jewish and he doesn't care about that kind of thing. so yeah <laughs>
3: anyway. That's a really cool. I mean, that's really interesting. Though. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I find it interesting. It, it freaked me out for years and now I'm like, oh, OK. Maybe I'll your dad will come investigative around too. Mood. Maybe yeah.
3: like he'll be like.
2: Yeah, he started talking about it more lately. So I think maybe we're getting there. Mm All right. Yeah. Yeah. More
1: details. Everyone posted. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, back to you. (laughs) Good talk. Yes. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah. It makes sense what we were saying about the school stuff and the younger, the sort of like all of these challenges that came up during school, the song singer. Is like one of my favorites off the oh, new record. Thanks. And part of it is because I can hear your voice so well in a way that's just like kills me. And I love, love to hear it. So f- up front, thanks. I think you have a beautiful voice. Um, but also the, the song is just, I mean, it's about, you know, accepting and putting forth the fact that I am this creative person. I am a singer. Right. I mean, yeah. And so I don't, I don't know if that was much of a like true coming around to that and sort of reflecting on the past totally you know it's like feels like you've triumphed (laughs) yeah that song is super personal
3: and probably like the most autobiographical song that we have but um yeah i mean i feel like it's really hard sometimes like i i just wasn't the person that like was like 18 and like going up on the stage being like, ah, "I know right. what to do," you know, and it's it is really hard when you don't know what to do. And you can think and you start to think that like, "Oh, this isn't for me," even though you feel so strongly about the fact that you want to do it. And that that personal discovery and like that path has really been like that's been my path. Like I'm 34 years old, like I I'm you know finally on my second record and you know finally playing, feeling, getting on stage and like feeling empowered and feeling like I deserve to be there. And, you know, it's just, it's such a, um, it can be so complex, um, emotionally and creatively. And, Mm -hmm. and for me, I'm really lucky because I have Dan and if it wasn't for our relationship and everything that he brings to the table musically and emotionally for me, like, I don't know if I would have found my way in that way. So that's a big part of it for me, but also, just the experience of being like getting up and just trying, even though there are so many times when you're like, I, this was terrible.
1: What kept you going then? Who what, Did you have uh, someone that was a real support or was it just like, where did it come from in you to keep going? You know, it's funny because like Dan
3: and I have been together for eight years, but we've known each other since 1999, which is when we met in college. So we've always been friends and we've always played music together, but and and I've always done music, like, and I think about that because I've I've wondered that me. I'm like, what was I? How did I keep going? Like, I just remember like so many traumatic gigs and like hard times. I'm like, why was I like, why was I just staying on this path? You know? Um, but I think it just has to do with uh, I always knew deep down that I wanted to, and I love music so much, and I'm so passionate about singing, and now about songwriting. But really, like now, it's our relationship that like keeps me on track and like keeping to work, working
0: on it together. And When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
2: And then... And then love. And then love. And then love. Yeah. Friendship and then the band and then
3: playing no. together? No, it was friendship. We played together in bands okay. like, as So you friends. met in... Take it... Go to the <laughs> Phoenix. We <Phoenix>. met, <laughs> met in 1999. College <laughs> <orientation>? <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> we met at college orientation um, in, like, freshman year. Mm-hmm. Summertime. Was it like a liberal arts program, and there was jazz within it, or was it a conservative? Um, it was a state school that has a jazz program in it. So it's like a liberal arts, but then you you do your concentration in jazz or whatever. So it's a really small program. There's only like maybe sixty people in the whole program. Um, and I was like one of three girls in the whole thing, which is, yeah, I'm sure it goes. You, you know mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But um, so we were just always friends. We were actually roommates our junior year. We had an off-campus apartment together, like totally just buds. And then we played in bands in New York.
1: Were you uh, a piano player at that time? Um, no, not no?
3: really. I mean, I mean, I've always played piano, but I consider myself to be like a very just functional keyboard player. Like I'm not like, I can, I know all the. Keys and all the chords and stuff, but I'm not like a. I can't like sit down and like shred piano. Do you write on it? Not really. No, um, just no. Not too much. Okay. I have like in the past, but no pure bathing culture songs have really ever been written in that way. Okay. Um, yeah, and then we were playing in another band together, and that was in New York. Vetiver. No, this was a band called Josh Dion Band. Um, that was the singing drummer, Josh Dion, who's amazing, and. Um, and then we were playing in that band together and we just kind of, we think things were like a little weird between us. Like we were kind of like, not really sure what was going on. And we basically kind of just talked about it where we were like, that's very mature. Yeah. yeah. We were like, you know, really, I think, I think we're in love. You know? Dan, Dan was like, I think I'm in love with you. Like, and I, was I like, like I
1: th- you so much. Yeah. I really, I must yeah, be in love <laughs> with you. yeah. Just like, we kind of
3: just like, you know, started talking about it. It was, it was really It was, it was really mature, but it was also really romantic and really beautiful. Um, yeah. And then we were just together ever since. And that was in 2008.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Wow. And so how, these other New York bands, were you like coming from, oh no, you had graduated college already. Yeah. So you're graduated college. You're living in New York. You're working for Broadway marketing.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) I only did that for like, until like I quit that in 2005 to tour with another band.
2: Was that the last time you had that kind of day job? And then I worked like,
3: I worked at the Bitter End. Do you guys know that uh bar? I worked there as a cocktail waitress. Okay. I worked in like another friend's office, just like temp, like filing papers, Uh just random jobs. Yeah. Um, When were you able to stop? When we joined Vetiver. Okay. Um, Because it was like really full time touring um, because his records were coming out on Sub Pop and it was just constant. Like he did a lot of touring in Europe. And so, I mean, we were gone all the time for basically from like 2009 until 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So at the time from, so did college, did the college years sort of strengthen your like confidence? So you've, now you're already with your, at least friendship with Dan. So were you saying to yourself, all right, this, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like, this is all that I want. So you graduate college and you're like, this, I have to be in a band. Like, Yeah. How did the band situation start? I, I mean, I actually, I feel like I put a lot of unnecessary
3: pressure on myself, like, cause I like getting out of college is being like, well, now I've got to like, go get my, get some gigs, you know, like I had to go, like sing gigs, but it's just like. As a jazz singer? Yeah. yeah like, but like, I don't know, you know, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I try, like I would like play shows and. It was really traumatic. With like it was like a really treat hard. like in like yeah, jazz just clubs. Like, and yeah, just like get like my friend, Sam, like we tried writing some songs together. Like we played some shows. You guys remember the C-Note? That the played? C-Note? No. It's been closed for a long time, but it was on Avenue C and 10th.
1: Oh, yes. Um, yes.
3: It was a super dive. We'd play there like all the time. Were you doing all originals? Some of them, but then like some cover, a like bunch of covers. Like jazz standards. Some jazz standards, but like some Prince covers and just like, you know. Nice. Yeah. Just weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
1: would Dan um, always play with you?
3: Um, most of the time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just like getting people together to play. Um, I just feel like when I think about those gigs, they must've been so bad. <laughs> so embarrassing. I don't know. It I don't know. I'm not know so would have
2: felt that. Yeah. True. If right? people were like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. I hope I would have felt that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. Some people don't, I guess. Yeah, it's true.
3: Um, but, yeah, I guess it just was, like, got it, we've got to, like, you know, be in a band. And then Josh asked me, and Josh and Dan from Josh Young Band were, like, starting to work on that band. And then they asked me to come and sing backing vocals. And then that band was going for a while. And then my cousin played in Vetiver. And he was, like, we need a keyboard player. At that time, Dan, when we first joined Vetiver, Dan played bass instead of guitar and then eventually switched to guitar. So it was just kind of, like, these, it's just, like... Setting, I think I just always set myself up to be able to play music, like whatever it was. That's why I ended up quitting those full time jobs being like, OK, mm-hmm. I want to be able to do it mm-hmm. however I can. And then then opportunities kind of came right. just because I sort of stayed on the path, I guess.
1: Yeah. How big a band was Vetiver at the time? I mean, it's changes. It's Vetiver is still a band. Yep. Yep. And it just has different iterations. He's, he's had lots
3: of different lineups. Like even before we joined the band, he'd probably had two different lineups. So it's a, it's just, he's always had different, different people playing with him. So what was the lineup when you were there? It was, I played keyboards and, um, sang backing vocals and then Dan played bass at first. My cousin Otto Hauser was playing drums and then there was another guitar player named Sanders Tripp and then Andy. So it was a five piece piece, and then Dan switched to guitar and another, uh, uh, this guy named Bob Perrins came in and played bass. So it was always a five piece. I think he's a four piece now though. But I'm not sure. I haven't seen the new lineup.
1: And that was your first experience touring? Like, like, extensively? like yeah, totally. Yeah. That was mind blowing. Were you like, I'm I'm down. This is what it's about. I <laughs> liked or were it you a lot? Like, yeah. yeah. I was nervous, too, though, because I'd
3: never played keyboards in a band. So I was mm. like, well, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, get a keyboard. Playing? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm the same as you. I'm I'm not not as not as functional as you, but I took lots of piano lessons and I should be better than I am. Playing piano is way more nerve-wracking than singing. Oh yeah. For some reason. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, the idea of like hitting a wrong note or just like f- totally fumbling and losing your place altogether. I mean, it's really nerve-wracking. Those
3: fir- the first Vetiver show we ever played was like in a sold out show in Paris. Just like it was our first. We'd done like two rehearsals two rehearsals in like someone's basement in New York and then we just like flew to Paris and I was like okay I guess I'll set my keyboard up
2: <laughs> just like plug it in I
3: just was so in. crazy yeah wow. that was crazy I can't believe I did that
2: had you been to Paris before no yeah so that's cool yeah it was really
3: cool <laughs> so much awesome Europe touring yeah. with that band yeah
2: so you were all over
3: yeah all over
2: was it mostly North America and Europe yep yeah
3: mm-hmm. that's you awesome you toured with Devendra no, not with oh, the, he he was in, in the
1: we never played with Devendra, okay. but Andy still plays with him. Okay. Yeah. Um cool. So within that time, you and Dan are starting Yeah, very slowly. Relationship. Oh yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Starting a relationship. Okay, starting relationship. I thought you were talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well what's it's really interesting and I and you can tell us how much of a deliberate thing this has been for you, but you don't put out the fact into the public so much the fact of your relationship and has that been a conscious move have you had to say to yourselves deliberately like okay we want to sort of keep our public image separate from the music that's not what it's about but or people probably
2: ask you all the time anyway right. right yeah
1: I guess so but
3: you know honestly though people haven't asked too much I mean I think
1: it's known that we're a couple I mean it's funny I was googling a lot, last night. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and, and I up. have to say, like, I watched videos and I was like, I, I love the music. I was reading some stuff. She's like, and "Are, are they, and they?" I didn't know, no, seriously. And I even, I, you know, um, yeah. what is it, Ivory Coast? Yeah, where you guys kiss? Yeah, okay. And I was like, they might be in a relationship. They might not be in a relationship. <laughs> I really don't know. Okay. And she shakes. Like, I mean, a gorgeous video and. Uh, you know, you're clearly have like an incredible rapport and you have this intimacy as musicians, but it might stop there as musicians, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's interesting that that, that, and, and it doesn't, you know, in your interviews and things, it's not in the forefront. And I think that's, there's something really nice about that. And I wonder how much of that, how much you think of that deliberately? I mean, I like that too. It's interesting. I haven't thought about it too. I
3: guess we haven't, we didn't, Consciously decide that we were going to present it in a
1: certain way, or not present, or not present it. Present mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we weren't right. like ever never, trying to hide this. it, or like yeah. I think we got it, like another way. You're not trying to use it as a hook either. Like this we're mm-hmm. like this. I don't yeah. know, if it, but you know, but it's funny because
3: I feel like the music is complete has everything to do with our connection, hmm. which is our friendship, but also our love relationship. So it's like it is the music really does come from that. You know So but But we wouldn't necessarily
2: Know that
1: Right Well and this leads me To the other question And I'm curious To know if you How much you're even Interested or following Beyonce's album That just came out And the whole story With that You're obsessed Yeah Yeah. (laughs) 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 Obsessed with the music With the story With the friends The whole thing I love Beyonce The whole thing Yeah Yeah. I think she's incredible Right Yeah Okay And
3: I love this The whole thing I think she What they did Was just What she did With that record Was just genius
1: Okay Yeah Yeah (sighs) So, what comparison would I agree. Well, I, well, my curiosity is as a songwriter and as a band member who is in a band with your partner, you know, you're feeling about this sort of expectation of authenticity in writing and in presenting yourself because I think like part of the frenzy is like, is it true? Is it not true? Is it fiction? Is it real? Like, what so and and what's interesting is not is it re-? I don't care about the relationship, but I care about what does that matter? Like, does it matter to a fan? Should it be, you know, one way or the other? What's the difference? Um, and I'm curious, as a songwriter, how you feel about presenting, like, so you just said, like, your music is very authentic to who you are as a couple and as people. And, you know, if you knew that this album were fiction, or if you knew that it wasn't fiction, does it change how you feel about it? The Beyonce record? Yeah. It, it doesn't change how I feel about it. Because...
3: I feel like she's making she's making an expression that I think is really important because her message is so clear and her last record too which was just basically about empowerment you know and this record this new record whether or not it's true or whether or not it's about her his infidelity or whatever it's still the main message is empowerment mm-hmm. regardless of like where it comes from and so to me that's really authentic and that's a huge part of who she is and what her message is. So,
1: yeah. I and mean, so if there's if there's all of this stuff surrounding it that might be leading the the audience into it to believing something that might not be true, that's beside the point. I mean, I kind of think so
3: because yeah. it's really just about someone having a personal experience and like obviously if some if it comes out as like it wasn't true, like people could be really bummed, but also <laughs> I feel like it's just the message of it is just so strong. Right. And it's really an important thing to be saying. Like, if someone's treating you badly, like, talk about it. Like, have those feelings, you know? So, I mean, who knows? Like, even if it's not about specifically about her relationship, she may have had an experience like that in the past.
1: Exactly. You know? Right.
3: I understand what you're saying, though. And I, I it mean, is it's interesting. Just, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm
1: very. Curious about this whole thing because I think it was brilliant and I think it is so interesting. But it's like it's a it's an art piece as opposed yeah. to like a. Whereas you are coming not, you're coming from a place of this is this is our lives and we're putting it out in this mm-hmm. very sort of sincere way. You have to really dig into the lyrics to understand that it is about your relationship. Sure. I didn't you know go there, which you can, and that's nice that there are these levels. Yep. But with this with the Beyonce thing, it's this whole. Experience of like what you know, know. so many layers. Of I it, know. I feel, but that's really. Yeah. into really. It. Have you listened to it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and I've watched the video and I, I like. It. it went away before I and I haven't bought it. It's great. The movie, the short film. That's really
3: good. Yeah. I mean, she's such a such a powerhouse, and I think so important. Like so important for for women to mm-hmm. to feel. That, that she's able to be as big as she is and as powerful as she is and and chooses to send this to what to me is an incredible message of empowerment and positivity
2: right although yeah. now I have to play devil's advocate Yep, do it a lot of her fans are misunderstanding and this whole thing with the Becky witch hunt oh is awful. awful what's the witch hunt I mean, they're like just to harassing people online. To find yeah. out who it is. It's so against the message. Yeah. it's. Bu- I mean, it's like, it's cyberbullying Cyber, bullying, cyber bullying, What they're yeah, doing. Like bad. the, the Bay Hive is
1: insane. It's really bad. So to that end, what is the prevention or solution? I mean, I don't I mean, know. I
2: mean, is, does she have any culpability for that is something that I wonder, you know?
1: Mm hmm. I don't feel like no. she does. I mean, it's it's part of her music. It's not, it's, you know. Is there a person that people are pointing to? Like, do we know who this person is?
2: People have speculated that it's Rachel Roy. And then there was that whole <laughs> funny thing that a lot of people, including... In my own office I overheard many people in the hallway that day saying, I can't believe that he would cheat on her with Rachel Ray because okay, they well, my was,
1: <laughs> same
2: person, which is amazing. So then Rachel
1: Ray started getting bullied online <laughs> by Beyonce's fans. Jeez, okay. Yeah. I mean that's a whole other I think issue just about that's more about cyberbullying and social media and how that functions as opposed to. It sadly her became a very
2: big story after Lemonade came out. Because, and a lot of people were just obsessing too much on the whole Jay-Z part of it, which is That's, not the most important
1: part of it in general. Right. Right. Part of what I was curious, too, that about your feelings, that it's, that didn't, uh, like, overshadow or, or make you feel, like, even, not even, I mean, because it was so orchestrated. So, the fact of all of this stuff is taking away from the music, like, right. a little bit. Sure. A lot. I could agree with you that. You know? Yeah. And... So that I think is is maybe uh, something to wonder about. Yeah, uh. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it. I I really understand what you're saying because authenticity
3: is obviously so important, and and it's a it's a big part of making music and and feeling like you're maintaining your integrity regard in regards to it, and that's so important. Um, I mean, for someone as big as Beyonce, I'm, I, I assume it's important for her too. But like, you know, she is a
1: huge a huge star with like a huge media powerhouse right. behind her. So, and storytelling can come in different ways. I mean, even just because you're in a happy relationship with your partner doesn't mean you can't write about things totally that are not that, yep. you know? And so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean,
2: the, the, I just, one last point about this, about the Becky thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why it really bothers me is because it's very anti-feminist to target the The woman who's like not really part of this relationship. You know what I mean? Like they're not going insane. You're saying that the music that does that. They're going insane a, the against people. who they think Becky is. Yeah. I'm just saying.
1: This is, this is
2: about not Le- her. Lemonade has been this great feminist tale and it's rallied all these people together and it's wonderful. But then this other byproduct of it is very unfeminist and sad and something that we should also think about. Like, why do we go off the handle about who is the woman that took him away from her. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Anyway. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But we can move on out. <laughs> Beyonce wouldn't want anyone to do that. Right? Yeah. I no. hope not. No. I well, well, she could say something, though. But maybe she doesn't want to get involved. Does but. she say
1: anything these days? She, she yeah. No, no, she not say? in a critical way. <laughs> just Not critical. But, I mean, she really stays out of it. Right? But she creates it. <laughs> yeah, Well, she came to slay, so. Yeah. yeah totally. know. <laughs> No, I, mean, I read this the other day, like, uh, you know, like a, a Cliff's notes of Beyonce, like if you're not a following this whole thing, but like you want to like know what's happening at the water cooler and you're like, so like it's like, so like if, if the last time that you heard about Beyonce was like, she's so crazy right now and like tiny shorts, like that was like 13 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like think about, I mean, this is, this is a newer image, but we feel like it's like who she is but it's like been an evolution certainly totally Mm -hmm. um anyhow okay so (laughs) crazy so you're touring around all over europe all over the world with vetiver Mm -hmm. um and at the time are you starting to write With Dan and we, yeah, we um,
3: not really on tour, but Dan works on music all the time. He always has always had something going. He had a looping pedal at the time, this was in probably 2009, and he had a bunch of songs on there that he was working on that didn't have lyrics. And um, he went out to do a show in town, and then I was like, oh, there was one on there that I really liked, and so while he was out, I just wrote lyrics to what would eventually become the chorus of the song lucky one which is on our ep and that was the first thing and so he came home and i was like oh i did this and he was like whoa cool and then we finished the song together like lyrics and like fleshed out the rest of the form and everything and
1: then we had written that song was that like a nice moment like do you look back can you like think of that time and be like wow that was like our first song yeah it's crazy (laughs) it is crazy to think about you can it was really like a moment.
3: Yeah, it was. And also like we didn't know what we were doing. You know, like we are, I feel like we've just gotten to the point where we're able to kind of figure out what our process is and like how it actually works between us because it's intense working with your partner. And it's like a lot of, it's, it can be crazy because you have a life together, but you're also trying to work together and there's just all this And how do you stuff. be critical and yeah, disagree? And it's, it's, and- it's hard. So it's taken us all these songs, I feel like now for we're just started writing for a new record that we're really able to kind of work quicker and work more efficiently with each other because we've had the experience of kind of going through mm-hmm. all these songs where it's like, whoa, remember that one? Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Now you, you know, have shorthand. Yeah, we can kind of like move
2: quicker. But yeah, um, that's for writing a next album or for, this yeah, past No, one? the one we're working this on another one. one. Oh, another yeah,
3: one. Yeah. yeah three yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) excited um but yeah so then that song we had on we just had that song on like a tape machine and richard swift um who's a good friend and we met him through vetiver we toured in his band a little bit he came out to the east coast to play some shows and he asked us if we would join him for those shows and so we did and he was staying at our house and we we're like, oh, we've been working on these little song, this song or whatever, and we played it for him, and he was like, "That's really cool. I'll totally record you guys if you ever want to come out to Cottage Grove and record." And we were like, "Okay, cool. Um, well, we better write some more songs, like if we want to do that, because that sounds awesome." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then we wrote probably Silver Shore's Lake at right after that, and then both Ivory Coast and Gainesville, which are the other two songs on the EP, we wrote in Portland. So, oh wow! You were like already there, already recording, and you, you like just, just needed to write more. Needed or? to write more songs, yeah. Because it wasn't. It has not gone fast. I'll tell you. That's definitely true. Like we were not fast with it. You so. wouldn't know that, yeah. With how many albums you have in the Seriously. number of years? Well, it feels. I guess maybe it just feels slow to us because <laughs> we're like always freaking out. But um, yeah, that, thank you. Yes, yes. Nice.
2: numerically <laughs> unqualifiedly fast. <laughs>
1: Did the uh, the name Poor, Pure Bathing Culture inform music at all? Like, I love it when a name, I love titles. So I love it when a name, like, really evokes something that you're, like, it, like, sets this whole totally. foundation for it. So did that, did you find that name and then say, oh, let's sort of stick with this? Or was it more like, oh, that name really fits because this is the music we're making. I mean, I would imagine it's the form, the latter. Yeah, the name really came to us, like...
3: It, it came it found us. It was really weird. And I feel like that's another aspect of just doing this band and all the music that's happened. Like it's really feels a lot of times like it's happened to us, and we're kind of stewarding it in this way. Because, the whole project, the yeah, whole because band. like like oh, we oh, we just wrote a song together and now we're gonna record. And I guess like everything that has happened has just sort of, it's it's sort of like just stewarded us along in this way The I feel like we haven't forced a lot of it and you know a lot of it's felt hard but it hasn't been something that we were like you know going crazy like you know you
1: didn't have to pound the pavement it. exactly and like, yeah go it was like, all
3: the hurdles it, it seems. just kind it's just of like flailing. we've we've had it I mean it hasn't always been easy but you know <laughs> Um, I'm generalizing a little bit, but I mean, you were <laughs> yeah. on
1: a record label pretty quickly yeah. after
3: you like had the EP ready, and we put the EP out, up on Bandcamp, and like two days later, uh, Jesse from Father Daughter was like, "I'll put this out," and we were like, "Okay, like it's really but it's not
1: no, it wasn't just on you had to pitch it or something. No, it was on Bandcamp, and she wrote to Whoa. us. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> super weird. Super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, it doesn't. And then there's like amazing stories like that. Yeah. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, I mean, you do the work and then you hope that something crazy for right, like that will happen. Yeah. And
1: you heard about like, I mean, yeah, people are discovered on YouTube and it was on MySpace, but like just put something up on Bandcamp and then, oh,
2: yeah, just
3: we were in,
1: I think we were in Europe with Vetiver and we were, like in Brussels or something. And she emailed us and she was like, I really like this. Wow. Yeah. And then, uh, so can you tell us uh, tell us about Ivory Coast? Yeah, video.
3: Oh, the video. Yeah. Well, and the song. But I the just video, watched. Did, the did vi- you watch
1: that video? Oh my I God. remember that video. The cutest the little, little baby. thing and the yeah. cutest hologram shark follower. and your videos are so fantastic. Thanks. And I don't know if that probably feels like also this wave of just like awesome things coming to you because I can't imagine like directors like you've worked with and like imagery and vision that you have for these videos. It's like that doesn't happen, you know, all the time. It's really. Thanks.
3: We we really that video is made by Sean Pecknold, who is amazing. He's made um a lot of beautiful stop motion animation videos particularly for the fleet foxes um and um he's an amazing artist but he was living in portland at that like around that time and we met him and um we really wanted to work with him and he was like really loved that song and um yeah and we worked together on the plot and filmed it on the on the oregon coast it was freezing cold but i just watched that actually for the first time in a really long time like on Saturday because I was with some friends and they wanted to watch it and I haven't seen it in years and, and how did it make it, I was like it was overwhelming to me like I was like oh my god
1: it's kind of hilarious like, it's I, uh, hilarious I, <laughs> I my boyfriend and I we forgot. watched it like three yeah. times your faces he was like <laughs> just rewind to her faces like it's so funny and sweet and endearing and it's just Thanks. like it's wonderful yeah I love it too it means a lot yeah, yeah. it was a
3: <laughs> wonderful team of people and friends that worked on it together and it really felt Magical at the time and I'm really proud Of it so, do you remember then,
1: like what the uh, The pitch of like this Little blue guy and this little Shark uh-huh. like
3: what? it was um, Alien like alien Sea god um, Falls in love with and impregnates Mortal woman And then they she has An alien baby and then she gives it Back to him in like An incredible epic beautiful Tragedy <laughs>
1: And you guys were like, yes, that's very, very very good. Do you remember at the time, was it like, did that video do a lot of things for you? Yeah, I think a lot
3: of a lot of people, you know, it's funny because at the time, it's not like when it came out, it didn't feel like some sort of like crazy thing. But um, now I hear from people more like people come to shows and they talk about the video. They'll be like, I love that video. Um, so, so I, it was more in your fan base than like sort of a critical, I think push. so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like for us, I mean, we've, we've had some really good critical coverage and stuff, but we've really been, you know, working hard and playing shows and mm-hmm. just trying to the find the, totally. find the people.
2: And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you a very visual person?
3: What do you mean? Like, like in that
2: way, like, like, do you also feel like you have kind of, um, like A visual artist's brain, uh, I look for that.
3: I like to do watercolors and I like to draw weird <laughs> animals and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, what that's sort of newer for me, yeah. Um, but what about like filmmaking stuff? You know, like I haven't delved too much, yeah, but I do think about colors a lot. Uh-huh. And I really, um, like recently, we just the other night we saw a beach house play in, um, in Portland and they're amazing and their light show was so amazing because mm. they like they would do a change in the lights and the color that they chose for the song was like every time it would change color I'd be like
1: that's the perfect color that's for the that color song. of that song like of
3: course that's green oh my god yeah, it was like so amazing <laughs>
1: that's, awesome. um, oh, that's how dream the dare is too <laughs> their other video I was so nerding out on the videos last <laughs> night dream the dare is an exquisite stop motion video with the colors to die yeah Haley morris yeah she's unreal amazing. with like reflections and um
2: so you know it's cool projections we're on this new platform Acast, yeah. and we can add links to videos <gasps> throughout the podcast so the as,
1: <laughs> as we're talking
2: about this she i will add links to all these videos <laughs> so you guys can see exactly what we're talking about that's go. awesome! Yeah,
3: it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you like them. I I'm, yeah, I love that video too. I watched that too because the other day for the first time. So she built
1: all of that, all those set pieces, and she worked really hard on it's, it. It's so beautiful. It's exquisite. And I mean, it was that again, like not a searching, like oh, we need this like gorgeous video. It was like it kind of happened. She was a friend of Sean Pecknold's who made the Ivory Coast video,
3: and he connected us with her and you can't get, we, I mean, it's so lucky. We talked it's about so it and she just, I mean, she crushed it.
1: Crushed it. Yeah. Um, it's
2: weird how they say it's like the age of the music video is dead, but at the same time, everything is video now. Do they say that? Well, I mean like, like in terms of like MTV, MTV and like that. It's so funny. Like MTV, MTV is,
1: Yeah. Does do people watch it? You know? No, like it's, I, mean, I think they do for like other stuff. Real world Or oh, like reality, reality. TV. Reality. But it is, it's, yeah, yeah. The music video is stronger than ever in a way. Like you yes. have to have a video for a song. Like if it's gonna go, I mean, for for with an album, you need at least a few videos to go along with it. Something to, yeah, just something for people to share. I mean, and because also YouTube is a way to hear music in a big way. I right. Think. Yeah. Yeah. People always say that. I always think that they'll be like, "Oh, I'll find you on YouTube." Yeah. If I wanna find if I'm at a computer and I don't have like a like I'm not gonna buy it or if I'm not on Spotify or something, it's like you just put it into YouTube. You yeah. don't hear any song. Does that bum you out? No, I just I just don't think I guess
3: I just I haven't you, thought about it that much. How do I you
2: mean, how I do, yeah, Zoom what's your music? are you like, streaming?
3: Yeah, I I have like I just got Spotify. Uh huh. So I've been doing that. That changed been, the world.
1: It's pretty That's pretty amazing. I mean, <laughs> I'm guilty. You can hear I a lot of stuff on it. There. It's you amazing. You can really
3: get through a lot of
1: right. You know, a lot of music. Yeah. Yeah, and you get paid. Artists get paid from it. Exactly. It's not. They do as dire. <laughs> yeah, they do. You don't. You don't. I mean, you don't. You're probably, I, don't I mean, you do, but you yeah. just may not yeah. be aware. But yeah,
3: I think I do think that the that they could do better with paying artists. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
2: I, I feel like it's moving that way. Right. I feel like it, yeah.
1: I They're going to have to. Something's going to happen. Because it is so good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the flip side is people are exposed to you who never
1: would be right. otherwise. So True.
2: Yeah. Blessing and choice.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's why I haven't listened to Beyonce, to be honest. Because you don't want to pay. I don't want to pay. Exactly. Because <laughs> I can wait. It's I, true. Because I can wait. Like, right. It's going to be available to me at some point.
2: Is there anyone that you but would pay not, for yes. if their shit dropped yes. today? Yes. I mean, Probably.
3: I mean I don't even, I mean, I I don't like, even know Seventeen ninety nine.
1: 99 no problem yeah. <laughs> Which it's like what's seventeen ninety nine? why am I not paying for it And now I probably will because he's, he's, <laughs> She shamed <laughs> <real endorsement>. you <laughs> No <laughs> Public shaming <laughs> <laughs> That's a good endorsement so. <laughs> um,
3: Alright so how's it going with the new album? Great it's yeah. been awesome Yeah we were having so much fun playing the songs live uh-huh. It's been great um, How does it feel different from the first to be playing it? we used to play with drum tracks okay. so we had like cuz Dan makes a lot of the beats on drum machines uh-huh. and so and when we first started playing our first shows we were a trio with drum tracks and just bass guitar and me playing keyboards mm-hmm. um so we added a drummer probably a year after we started playing live and he would play with some drum tracks that we just had on an mp3 player like, no like crazy tracks or anything Mm -hmm. but um so we were doing that for a long time but then with the new record it was really a lot more minimal I think than our first two records in terms of just it was just more impactful sort of more hard hitting and things were more upfront. and um we were kind of able to keep electronic elements with he still has a drum pad so those sounds are still there that that are a big part of I think the sound of the band and a big muse for Dan on the drum machine he does loves making drum machine beats and stuff so um we still have that element but um without the tracks it's made things a lot more dynamic Mm -hmm. it's a Mm -hmm. lot it can be it can be a lot more there's not that like static sound that's always there so it's changed the way we have been able to play i feel like we've we've been able to kind of be a lot more out there with just a lot more impactful live so it's been really fun Awesome. awesome
1: Yeah. how was the tour with lucius it was amazing oh,
3: oh my god oh my god i love them <laughs> so much <laughs> it they're seems am- like a really a good fit yes in the- they're incredible yeah. and they're amazing people and um we had known a few of them from new york because they used to live here and they live in la now but um and so we kn- known them for a little while and when they asked us to go out with them we were just so excited i mean, it was great the shows were amazing yeah all sold out people were people. super into it so it was fun awesome yeah yeah
2: I guess it makes sense when you find that really good fit that way for touring because then if they come out for them, they're probably going to love you guys too. So it's just like automatically doubling
3: the audience. It was cool. I mean, it was one of the tours that we've done where people would come up and be like I thought that this was such a great combo like yeah. people really responded to it and we got to do um I got to sing with them and Dan played on their encore we did an encore of um can't help falling in love with you wow. in three part uh, harmony which was just God, like awesome so
1: fun to die. so good so good <laughs> yeah
2: so, tell me, because uh, I am going to be turning 34 this year, yes. as are most of my friends that yeah. I know from college and stuff, and we've been talking lately about, okay, bracing for our mid-30s, mid-30s. what does that mean to us? Welcome. So, yeah, yeah, how how is it? How is it up there? I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. And Did you and have any feelings about it? You know,
3: I haven't had a lot of feelings about my 30s. Yeah, in general. In general. Not even turning 30? Yeah, it didn't bother me. Like, I was kind of like, you know...
2: I mean, didn't bother you, and didn't feel particularly good either. It was just kind yeah, of a kind neutral. Of like I was like,
3: you know, obviously, I'm. I'd rather, I'd, I'd, I'd rather turn thirty than not turn thirty. Like, be, you know, <laughs> that's so what like, I always like, like, yeah. Yeah, it's
2: like beats the alternative. Duh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this
3: is pretty cool to keep living life. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is. It. I guess like, in the music industry, where it's like definitely, you know, it's very. I think it's pretty youth driven and mm-hmm. you meet sometimes we'll meet other bands and I'll realize that they're like, I could have babysat them yeah, you know, and like whatever. And you're like, whoa, is the music
2: industry very youth driven? I mean, interesting.
3: I feel like in some aspects, maybe not so much in like the indie world right. or whatever, but you know, I mean,
2: it, yeah, if you're trying to make like a pop star.
3: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Right.
2: But, but
1: it's, it's not
2: like,
3: I don't know, I guess maybe more just an insecurity from my part, maybe yeah. not so much like speaking generally about the music business, but just kind of being like, whoa, like, I'm (laughs) (laughs) whoa, crazy. Right. Um, crazy to be doing this at this age. Like if I was 25, like, would I be, what would this feel like? You know, kind of those kind of feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, but mostly just super grateful and excited and happy to be doing it. And if you're like, and I'm so, I love what I do so much. And I feel like if you have that in your life and you get to continue doing it, that like at any age I mean yeah, it's supposed it's to be point. about joy like it's supposed to be about rocking and rolling and like feeling really good and right and doing what you love so yeah it's good cheers to 34 Cheers to
2: 34 how, how yeah. many days of the week do you have that much perspective on it <laughs> How many days are like anxiety and a lot of anxiety pushing yourself? Yeah, a or, lot of anxiety yeah. for sure. Yeah, a lot of anxiety.
3: Yeah, also, also make sure we're not yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of anxiety. And also, I'm like, it's really not as easy to be hungover as it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Also, like it's like, also yeah. Also, you guys tour? You, yeah, for sure. I just like, do. You guys try to? I do not drink on tour. Like pretty much, pretty at much all. at all. I can't do it. Yeah, no. and sing the next day. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard.
2: Yeah who has those days to spare
1: you can't yeah it's it's like why right it sounds like the opposite of the rock star life that you you know the cliche i know but but it's it's the the constant disappointing like behind the scenes tale we stopped having fun
2: yeah i was (laughs) like i had allergies yeah yeah Yeah. i'm back (laughs) there, like i
3: have like tea i have one of those vocal steamers i'm mm -hmm. just like back there like having tea like using (laughs) my steamer just like everyone's like our band's super chill everyone's like reading or like whatever it's funny it's so it's
1: so real yeah <laughs> it's, so real. <laughs> just, it's been such <laughs> it's like sad the most a, relatable the thing you've said all day yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, amazing
2: yeah. yeah yeah um so you guys are gonna play a song for us oh yeah all right what are you gonna play do you know
3: um i think we'll probably play pray for rain okay and then maybe we'll play ivory
2: coast <gasps> Please. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank Thank you guys so much for having me. This was such a treat. Seriously. I forgot most of the time that we were doing a podcast, (laughs) 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 which is good. It's a good way. Yeah. 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 It was really fun. Great way. Thank you so much.
3: We're Pure Bathing Culture, and this song is called Ivory Coast.
0: I would rest my heart upon your silver screen, colored lights, black and gold. I would. I pray that you will keep me where the starlings pose along the ivory coast. I could walk. things pull
3: This song's called Pray for Rain.
0: Are you rough and ready, tumble? Are you careless like a child? k